What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine. It is Thanksgiving week. It's time to be thankful. And there is one company that I'm super thankful for here in 2020, and that is the team over at Manscaped. Support for the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Holiday season is here. That means gift giving is upon us. Whether you're doing it remotely, you're sending your love via the mail, or you'll be with your family during this holiday season, there's one thing for certain, and that is men are difficult to shop for. So let's give them the gift that they don't know they need, and that is to take care of everything downstairs. Manscaped offers the best in below-the-belt trimming with their Lawnmower 3.0. It is the freaking Tesla of electric trimmers. Let's stop playing around. This is not a game anymore. Electric trimmers need to be pristine when we're taking care of the things that we care about. So the Lawnmower 3.0 offers precision um, and safe, skin-safe technology, so you're not going to cut yourself when you're trimming. It is part of the Perfect Package 3.0, which is the perfect gift to give any men in your life this holiday season. And I'm going to help you guys out for the holidays. So the team over at Manscaped is giving normal guy lazy eye listeners 20% off plus free shipping with the code LazyEye at manscaped.com. That's right. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code LazyEye at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code LazyEye. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Now let's get to this week's episode. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. So here we are, the week of Thanksgiving. It's a time about giving thanks and being grateful for the things that we have. Hopefully, we're all with family and loved ones during this holiday season. I thought this week's episode was an absolutely perfect person to bring on, and that is certified life coach from the Orange County area, Taylor Lipman. Uh, Taylor and I have an absolutely heartwarming conversation first around what his career is and what exactly does a life coach do, but also just around what does a coach do versus an influencer? Here we are in an age where a lot of us are listening to what the influencers are saying, but sometimes it's important to take a step back and actually listen to a coach, someone who has a plan for you rather than just getting you to buy their next big product. Um, we talk about you know, therapy versus life coaching. That was a big difference that I learned. And one of the best things that we talked about um, was removing our ego from situations, removing our ego from different decisions that we have to make. And the title of this episode, there are no such thing as setbacks, only setups. And I thought that was a really cool quote from Taylor this week was that being able to pivot is okay. And I think in this day and age that we're in, a lot of people are pivoting. A lot of people have to change the way that they think, the way that they do things. So it's okay to pivot because that setup is setting you up for the next stage of your life. So an absolutely heartwarming interview, great conversation, perfect for the holiday season. Please enjoy my friend, Taylor Lipman. All right, guys. Well, I want to welcome on my next guest. I was super pumped uh, to have this buddy on. Taylor Lipman is a certified life coach from my hometown of Orange County, California, and he joins us today. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you being open to having me on and just uh, to have this conversation. It's great to see what you're doing, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate you being a fan of the pod, and I'm always happy to have you on. So what's, what's new with you, man? Like, Tell me what's going on in the life of Taylor right now. 
Yeah, so right now, uh, life of 24-year-old Taylor, I'm living with my parents. So to be upfront about that, right, it's like I'm living with my parents uh, down here in Orange County, trying to save up, build out my business right now. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just going through the motions of going from developing a life coaching business to where now I'm operating my own business uh, called Coached Up. And that's where one half is social media coaching and social media management slash content creation. Mm -hmm. And the other branch is life coaching. So over time, planning to expand that into different sectors like finance, real estate, health, you know, all these different types of coaches to help people get coached up. So that's what mm -hmm. I'm up to right now. But living with the parents, saving up, just trying to, you know, do what I can to build out the dream career. I love that. And I love that you're like open about that. Like, I don't think there's any shame, especially at our age and especially like our generation. If you have the opportunity to go home and save that money, especially like right now in coronavirus, like I've saved so much money, like that from just not being able to go out. But like, if I would have the ability to like live home, I think I'd be saving so much money. And I think that's, it's awesome that like, there's really no shame in that. There shouldn't be any shame in that. Right. No, of course. And I think that a lot of times we get in our own way and then we'll end up by getting in our own way, spending more than we need to or want yeah. to for the sake of looking a certain way, right? Feeding into the ego. And like, I could go down a rabbit hole of ego and all of that kind of stuff because if people follow my content, I'm always talking about that. Yeah. But I think that we can get in our own way a lot. And so like you said, right? Taking advantage of that, saving a lot of money, um, just like it's great. Like with COVID and everything, I'm like, I'm not going out, I'm not going to get a drink with the boys or anything right. like that. Right, right, right. right. It's just, it's more just, okay, what am I, what do I need to do financially to get ahead and be, be kind to my future self? Yeah. And I think that ego thing that you're talking about, like, like I'm 23 or 22 and I want the floor to ceiling penthouse of this dope ass apartment building or whatever, like you, that doesn't have to come right away, right? Like slum it out for a couple of years so that in, when you're 25, 26, 27, that's when you can get that penthouse suite. That's when you can have the, the super sick amenities at this dope apartment complex, right? Exactly. And it comes down to like, uh, I, was, I was doing a podcast earlier with somebody and we were talking about something similar to that, right? It's like, you don't need it now, but start practicing the visualization as if you already have it, right? Like put yourself, give yourself that time every single day, like 10 minutes minimum, right? Of just visualization, looking at your future as if you already have it. Even if your past tells you, you, you can't have it. Like if the shit you've done in the past, sorry, if there's no cussing allowed on here. But you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but everything from the past and that, it doesn't define you and it doesn't define your future. And so if you want to have, let's say, if you want three investment properties by the time you're in your thirties, that's right. possible. Even if you grew up poor, right? That's possible because you can tell yourself and visualize, oh, I'm so grateful. Like I've got these investment properties like in my thirties, like this is incredible. I have passive income financially free. You know, you're like, you go into this rabbit hole of like what you have and then everything else that comes with that. And you dive into the gratitude and you're thankful for it. And all of a sudden you start living as if you already have it. And every step you're taking is geared towards getting that right. It's like, you're not thinking about the past as much. You're not thinking about all the things you've messed up on or the, the heartbreaks you've had or the, the stress you've gone through or the challenges, right? It's like you start actively thinking future focused without the yeah. expectation that it's like, this will be it. It's like lean into God, lean into your intention and what you do, but trusting that it's like, I know I'm going to have that. So every step I take today is going to continually be geared towards achieving that. 
That's awesome. I love that visualization piece. That's so, that's so true. Um, I do want to tell the story for the listeners. We were laughing about this before we hit record of how we first met. So yeah. like to give a little backstory, you went to Tesoro, the public high school um, in our area. I went to Santa Margarita, the private high school, not to say they're two any different educations, but it's just like there. we, I went there freshman year, actually. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, both equally great schools, right? But we just never cross paths. But right. my next door neighbor, we'll, we'll, we'll call him Clancy here. Uh, he's like, come play, play, come play pickup basketball at Jeans Park in the neighborhood, right? And, and I was like, I'm not like, I swam in college, but anything with a ball can't do it. So I was like, all right, whatever, like, I'll, I'll join. And then so a bunch of you guys showed up or a bunch of people showed up. And something about you, like I caught it right away. Like your, your positivity, like everybody, every kind of, everybody kind of just like, you know, centers himself around you. But what did it in for me was you like, we, we called it like halftime or something. And you were like, guys, check out this katana I just bought. And I was like, this guy just bought a katana today. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> but I just, I was like, this guy's dope. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you never know, right? You never know. Right up on you and you need to be strapped right <laughs> especially in southern orange county california in a gated community you need to have <laughs> on you at all times ready to go ready to go i love that um so i always have a saying on my show that every story has a beginning and so that's where I, we always start right so we both like we we talked about it just a second ago but we both grew up in southern orange county there's quite this stigma right of growing up in the so-called bubble of socal but I wanted to ask you, what was life like growing up? What was family life like for you growing up um, in SoCal? Yeah, so life growing up, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have it bad. Um, and I, I did have it good, but to the degree that I was able, my parents could afford to, we had a house, we could go to a nice school, live in a nice community. Um, and I didn't have my own car. I, I wasn't the guy, I wasn't given a lot though when mm. I was growing up. Um, and so growing up, I grew up around a fairly entrepreneurial, um, slash salesy type of home. My mom was in real estate for, she's been in for like 20 years. My dad was in sales for a long time. And I, and my grandfather, he owned his own produce business and my grandmother, on my, these are on my mom's side. She was a painter. So I've always had, like, she had her gallery in Laguna beach, like on mm -hmm. the water. So I've always grown up in this fairly entrepreneurial space to where it was like, you're going to hustle to make the dollar, right? So you got it. You have to be the one who, who makes your own money. You can't lean on other people. You can't be dependent. So my grandpa, born and raised entrepreneur, owning his own produce business in LA, my right. grandpa, she makes her ends meet off of all of her art that she creates. And so I had this growing up a very artistic view on everything. And I, I went down a more artistic rabbit hole, um, more media production based in high school and college. Um, but growing up, I, I grew up the youngest in the family. And so I, I was naturally an observer. And for anybody else who's listening, who may be the youngest in their family, and I was, I just had one older brother, but still. Mm -hmm. the youngest. Yeah. You, you learn to observe much more because you're taking in the mistakes of that person ahead of you. And then you're, you're kind of course correcting. And it's like, okay, I, I should not yell ship really loud with a weird accent to make people <laughs> think shit. Right. Yeah. My, that's what my brother did, right? My brother, like, I, I love the guy, right? I love him like a brother. He, uh, <laughs> he would literally do stuff to mess with teachers, to mess with the faculty. He just, he got a kick out of that. 
Mm -hmm. I didn't do, but I, I was more cautious about that. And I would like, I wasn't to his degree because I already had this bad stigma about myself. Yeah. It's like, Oh, here comes the other Lippman, right? That's how (laughs) teachers always are. (laughs) Always that's here. Oh, we got another Lippman. Let's see what this is about. Right. so I grew up in like a fun, like entrepreneurial spirited household. But one of the issues that I had growing up was I was never too vocal about how I felt with things. I was the type that would take everything in. I would see my family, my older brother, they'd get in arguments a lot because they were like, uh, he would mess up. He, you know, he was stumbling along his way. And so right. I would see these arguments blow up and I would just go to my room. I would, sh- I would close off. I would go away. And I would just kind of sit there and just do my thing. And growing up, that continued to compound onto each other. And I developed this habit of not really saying what's too much on my mind. I wouldn't really say it. I was always able to keep a cool demeanor about myself and kind of like process it. Mm-hmm. But what would happen was then when the, the ticking time bomb rider right, is like the last straw, I was just like, you better get the fuck out of here. Like I was right. like, like, if you, even if it was your first time doing something and it it was happened to be that last straw i wasn't aware if it, when it was the last straw or not it would just happen because i was mm-hmm. storing up so much within me and over time i would i i was he- on the heavier side growing up i was always just more wide set and everything and i dealt with a lot of weight issues like personally and mentally yeah and i i did get to a point to where, and this is what I was saying earlier, I'm like, I don't really talk about this. I've never really shared it too publicly. Um, but there was a point in my life where I had a lot of suicidal thoughts, where I was leaning on the fence of like, it was that question of what the fuck is the point? Mm-hmm. And I was 11, 12, 13, wow. thinking these thoughts, wow. right? And I never, I, I didn't self-harm though. I didn't do anything, but there was times where I would just like, out of like this aggression, right? Like it was this, yeah. I was storing everything up. I'm getting pissed and, and aggressive. And I would, I would do the loop in the belt, right? Just to, just to take, just to be like, what the, like, ah, oh, just, I'm going to make this noose right now. And mm-hmm. like, I would do that, dude. And it, like, and again, I've never really been too open about this. Um, but it's like, it was one of those things where I was like, looking back on it and in high like in high school when those thoughts would kind of arise again it wasn't too bad in high school as it was in middle school um but the the thought was still linger there thinking about the past right thinking about what happened or yeah right was. and so growing up like i kept that to myself my entire life pretty much like i don't even know if my closest friends like ever really known that so i'll have to show them this podcast right? yes yeah exactly <laughs> And they'll really get to hear that. Yeah. It's like, it, it was one of those things to where I just didn't know what I was doing. Like, just like any other middle schooler, right? It's like, you don't know what's right. going on. Right, right. Totally. Exactly. Because like, when you're that young, like what you're saying, like those thoughts are, are impactful and they're going to have a lasting impact on high school and beyond. But I think like, just like, just, you know, hearing that, like, cause we grew up in like what seemed like paradise, right? Like we had it all. I mean, to your point, right? Like maybe we didn't have our own cars, but like we were, we had it good. We had it really good. And, but like, there's always something like that. Like, and it, and it doesn't matter how you grew up, where you grew up, like that, those thoughts can happen and it can happen as early as 11, 12, 13. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, at being a life coach now, 
it, I didn't realize it until I was really diving into becoming a coach. I was mm. like, that's why I went through these stages in my life, right? It's like, that's why I went through this semi-suicidal <clears throat> phase to where it was like thinking about like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm older. I don't like this. I get made fun of because I'm overweight. I feel uncomfortable taking my shirt off. I, you know, it was like my parents, like I, I played it cool. Like I, I was really good at putting on a face. And so yeah. not my parents' fault, none of their faults, but my own. And mm-hmm. so, and not to say that it's like, if you're suicidal, that's your fault. But it's that if you're having these fucked up thoughts, whatever the thought may be, whether that's fear, anxiety, doubt, self-hate, you know, all these things, it's, it's a matter of talking about it and expressing it and just being open about it because that's what allows you, that's what allows the birds, the thoughts out of the cage, the mind. It just mm-hmm. allows it to fly and to not feel so pent up and pissed off over time. Yeah. And in hindsight, 2020, obviously now being that you were 11, 12, 13, when you initially had these thoughts. And I don't, I don't think there are any 11, 12, 13 year olds that listen to this podcast, but what type of advice would you have to the younger adolescents out there that are having this pent up emotion and then putting on that fake facade because they're the star quarterback of their high school team, or they're, you know, the leader of their drama club or they're the, you know, the, the lead role in the play. Like, how do you just pause and be present in that, like, I need to focus on me for a hot second and then, and then the rest can come. But like, I'm having these thoughts and I need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. So one of my, so one of my mentors, um, somebody I work with and do a lot of stuff with, his name's Mike Diamond. Um, This is something that he's talked about with me a lot, Um, but it's a simple acronym. It's called STOP, right? It's STOP, take a deep breath, observe, then proceed, right? And so it's like just, it, to break that down a little bit, it's that you got to stop and analyze. It's like, what's currently causing all of this in my life right now? What is this thought process coming from? Is it external or is it internal? Who's the real causer of this effect? And then when you take that breath, I like to meditate. Mm-hmm. So it's taking that time to just focus on breathing, right? It's like a few minutes a day, one minute every few minutes a day, right? So just a one minute meditation, a few minutes throughout the day, and that can help you take that deep breath and then observe, right? It's like, observe what's happening, observe what those next steps could be or should be, right? It's like, start setting some more smart goals, right? Mm -hmm. Very specific goals that will help you get where you want to be and then proceed, right? It's like, proceed and do that. But when you're feeling these thoughts and you feel very negative and down about yourself, be open to talking about it, right? Because if it's coming from inside, then you have to be a little more outside about it, right? It's a little more external. The same thing if it's coming from the outside. You have to be able to talk about that and recognize that you're not any less than who you are for not talking about it, right? It's like, because if you, if you choose to not talk about something, I, I'm curious what good that does, yeah. right? I'm curious as to like what good it would do to not tell somebody that you're suicidal, because that's a thought that I, I never thought about that. Like, what good is this? Do- like, thinking, playing the devil's advocate in my own life. Like, yeah. what good is this doing by taking my own life? Right? It's like, what, what good is this doing by not working out every day? What good is this doing by not practicing self-talk every morning? Right? And it's like, when you kind of play that, your own devil's advocate, it puts a little bit more perspective on you where you're like, oh, shit. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. what? is this doing by not doing things yeah definitely 
Certainly. Um, so kind of jumping ahead here. So after high school, you went on to Boise State and studied communications. You got your a communications degree. You also received a certificate in online business school and digital media studies. Uh, and I read that you originally wanted to become a, a TV producer. Uh, yeah. What made you want to get into TV originally? Um, so growing up, um, again, in that more artistic household, I was, I just had a natural pull to film when I was younger. Like me and the boys on my street, I grew up just to paint a picture. Um, <clears throat> was that on my street, we grew up in a cul-de-sac. So we were at the top of this one area. And then down the street was just like another strip of houses. And it kind of just kept going like any neighborhood. But we were in a cul-de-sac. And on that cul-de-sac, I think it was every house, maybe minus a couple, there was a, a boy in that house. At least one oh, boy. Wow. He was right around the same age as me. And so what we would do is we would grow up and like, obviously we grew up and, uh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> and a former teenager for anybody who's wondering. <laughs> and so, um, but what would happen was that we, like, we would just do stupid shit together. Like we would, like, it was literally like a, a the lost boys. Like there's like eight different dudes all growing up around the same age. Yes. Just having fun. And so eventually me and one of the other guys, he was like, let's make a YouTube channel. Oh, yes, I knew you were going to say that because it's like, like that was the thing because YouTube wasn't that big yet. And no. so we're like, we're young, we're stupid. We're like, let's do stupid stuff on YouTube. Yes. And we'll be the next, you know, like now, now the biggest ones are like David Dobrik. You know, like we're, we're going to be that. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> we literally put out videos. Uh, they might still be up. I haven't been able to find them, but <laughs> just called it how creative are we, right? We're like in seventh grade, like Jackass 2.0. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so it was like a bunch of just these like 13 year olds just trying to just like copy like in our own way, in a more safe way that our parents <laughs> get pissed about. Right. So like we, we just kind of dove into that. And then immediately after we got, it was like the, what was it called? The flip or something like that. But it was like a little square camera. It was very simple. It was like a handheld, just little box that you'd hold in your hand. Am I even called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. You just recorded on that. And then me and my buddies, like, we would try to, this is like in eighth grade and then freshman year, we would just, like, dive into all the video production stuff. We just, like, thought it was so sick. We loved all, like, the noir movies and throwbacks. And we were, like, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. uh, so from there, I was, like, always trying to be within the media space. But it wasn't until after I interned in Hollywood and then took a couple more producing courses at school where I was, like, you know, I don't know if this is what I really want to do. And that was like end of junior year or something like that. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So it's late, right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing was like, so I had like a really personally on my end, at least it was a bad breakup. Like what happened junior year, like with this one girl and a bunch of stuff happened. And so like, I was in the state where I was like, I want to just start tapping more into my photo side because my close friend, Sage DeVault, um, he produces music under mm -hmm. the name music now mm -hmm. and he was when we were just in high school and then in college and doing stuff he and I were like tied by the hip right it was like I was always doing some of the media or whatever it might be or content creation with our other buddy Patrick and then Sage was doing the music so I was like I gotta like tap into this like other side of like media the media space and everything like that and so I started doing a lot of like concert photography um a lot more like photography with models in Boise, um, different product placement type content in Boise. And then naturally it went from, 
I didn't really have any opportunities as a TV producer yet. Aside from right. the, you know, like I, I was creating opportunities. Right. But all of a sudden, I started getting hit up to do photo shoots for people. People ask me how much I charge. I'm getting flown out to South by Southwest. I'm getting flown out to LA to start shooting stuff, right? And this wow. is like senior year of college. And I was like, yeah, so TV producing is definitely not what I want to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting paid to fly around and like do this. Like it wasn't like some like crazy lifestyle, but being right. one twenty two and getting the opportunity to fly around different places and tap into this other creative side. I was like, I'm going to do that. Like this is filling my ego more. So I'm going to do that. And that's, mm. and so that's what I went in for a while was trying to chase the, the concert, the music lifestyle and doing a lot of content creation for artists. Mm-hmm. So when did the pivot to life coaching become? Because I obviously it sounds like this is this is becoming successful. It could, you know it could turn into a, a full time opportunity. You're obviously doing things that you weren't necessarily doing beforehand. But what made you to go? Never mind. I want to go to life coaching. Yeah. So what happened was so I graduated college uh, May 2018, and when I came back to Southern California, my network was shot to a degree, right? It was like my, my model network, we'll say, was shot because mm. a lot of them were in Boise or Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, the studio space out here, my God, like the ones I was finding at least was like three to five times the price of what I was paying in Boise. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's like criminal. Like, like first yeah, off, why, why are you paying this much rent? And then why are you, like, it's like just affecting the consumer at that point. I'm like, this is exactly. Crazy. I'm like, so I, I had a fixed mindset though. I, I had a fixed mindset where I was like, okay, great. This is too expensive. I don't have the network right now. I'm going to just like ease off of the photography, figure out more of what I'm doing. Cause I had a full-time job uh, working at Coldwell Banker real estate. Um, so I was like doing marketing. So I had a full-time job at least when I graduated, but it mm-hmm. wasn't, it was just to supplement just make some money while I figure out my photo and content creation stuff on the side. Right. So I stopped having the opportunities kind of already present for me or opportunities coming to me, I started playing on the defense more on the content side. Now I was like, I'm going to just keep easing off a little bit. I'll ease off. And eventually I started developing an app with somebody actually. And so, yeah. So yeah. So what happened was like, I'm not going to dive too much into detail with this, but we were, you're getting an app developed with somebody. I was saving us like, over 40,000 plus dollars based on the network I had. So I did, so I did have my network out here, right. but I was saving us a lot of money on getting this app developed. Um, long story short, we were about to sign a contract, me and the partner, he cut me out of the equation. He said, I want to keep the equity. Um, he didn't say it like that, but essentially that's exactly what he did. He's like, right. my, my attorney said I should hold on to the equity. So obviously, so yes, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what he wanted. Um, he went full so, Zuckerberg on you. <laughs> Yeah, for real. And so <laughs> I don't know if the, like, I haven't seen anything on the app, maybe he's taking his time with it. I don't know, but he never hit me back up. He's like, I promise I'm going to get back to you at the end of the month, all this stuff it never happened. Yeah. So I put all my eggs in this basket for the entire summer after I graduated college. I was like, I'm going to just start developing this. I'm going to start going crazy on this. I'm going to hit that entrepreneurial bug that I've been trying yeah. to get at. And it fell through out of nowhere, like in September of 2018. Um, and so I was still working full time. I'm like, I, I know I don't like this right now. It's not for me. What can I keep doing? And then I start seeing all these, no offense to them, but I started seeing a ton of Arbon people online, or I started seeing a ton of these, uh, 
uh, like Team Beachbody or all these different health and fitness related stuff. And all these people are coaches out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah. that's a bunch of bullshit. You are yeah, not, yeah, yeah. what is your experience as a coach? Because <laughs> people younger than me were at the same age range. And I'm like, you don't know jack shit about anything. You're just selling this product. And you right. have the title of coach. And so <laughs> no offense to that. Like you can right. like, sell your product. Like do go all in on it. Like I'm right. all for Arbonne. I'm all for all that. But don't fool yourself and don't fool other people by calling yourself a coach or this fitness expert when, when you don't have the physique to be a fitness expert or the knowledge to be a fitness expert. All you're doing right. is... So, I, so you could hear it in my voice right now. Like I was getting really like pissed off and annoyed about this because I'm like, yo, these people are not entrepreneurs. Like they're just, they're just an employee. They're just a pawn in this, in this scheme of whatever this company is doing. And so I'm like, what other coaching is there? Because my mom was a real estate coach. I knew about business coaches, but I'm like, what other coaches there aside from being a, a salesperson and calling myself the coach? Yeah. All of a sudden I'm doing research and I'm bubble charting, right? I had a white, like I, I bought a whiteboard and I was bubble charting the shit out of it, dude. I'm like, <laughs> okay, what do I love to do? What would I do even if I wasn't paid? Podcasting. That was one of them. I'm like, I would do a podcast if I could. I would just do content creation all day. I would do content for other people. I would motivate, inspire. And I'm like literally writing out all these words and trying to match them together. And I'm like, and in the middle, it was kind of like the question mark, like, what is this? Right. Over time, I realized I'm like, this might be life coaching for me as I did more research. But what really was the sign that I should do it was when I found Life Purpose Institute and I submitted info or a request for more info on it. About an hour or two later, I get a random phone call they're saying, hey, this is uh, so-and-so from Life Purpose Institute. We actually have a, uh, an introduction informational call tonight. If I know it's last minute, but would, we saw your request and we'd love to have you on if you'd like to jump on the call with us. Oh, wow. So I was like, all right, I mean, yeah, why not? Sure. Like, yeah. I just submitted a request for, an info, for information, so why not? So I did it. And like about a week later, I pulled the trigger and was like, this is what I'm going to do. I was like, I, I had the phone calls. I did, like, I started hitting up their alumni, doing the research. And I was like, this is it. Like, I want to impact someone on a very direct level and be able to help them be the change for their own life. Mm -hmm. kind of that, I guess that's the easiest way to sum up what your question was. <laughs> In that context as to like what led to that, it was, I realized I was like, the photography, I wasn't directing, I wasn't impacting anybody. I was impacting someone's ego in their, in their social media with the app i was just i wasn't gonna be like directly helping someone in their own life and so i was like this isn't it this isn't it the marketing what i'm doing this isn't it all of a sudden i'm like life coach that's very direct in someone's life and i can create a lot of content branding myself as a life coach and building a business as a life coach and as a long-term goal and so yeah. almost it's almost two years later it's come to fruition to a degree, to right. A degree, right? To where it's like, now I've got an inflow of clients coming in. Um, now I have the business built for called coached up, right? All that stuff. And so, but it started with the seed, just the thought of like, what about life coaching? Like what, what, what's that about? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you brought up a really good point. Like the, the other things that you were doing weren't fulfilling your, your purpose, right? Like I, I hate to, to use that phrase cause it's a Justin Bieber album, but <laughs> Like, you, like finding that purpose in your life, like finding that meaning of like, how am I going to actually like have an impact on somebody else? 
like obviously like there are some people who are in it for the money there are some people who are in it for the fame but if you're in it for yourself i think that's really really important so that i i love that journey and i love that it did take the breadcrumbs to get to that journey and it takes time right um but i do want to ask you because i'm sure there are listeners here that are wondering what does a life coach do so i want to ask you what does a life coach do yeah so what a life coach does um I guess like the easiest way to explain it would be I help somebody figure out where they're at in life, breaking down all the areas of their life, on a scale of one to 10, where they're satisfied and where they're dissatisfied. Figuring out where they're at, where they're stuck, figuring out, asking the questions of where they want to be, right? Like, where do you want to be? It's like, yeah, you're at a, a four out of 10 on your, on your satisfaction for your body. So where mm-hmm. do you want to be, right? So I want to be at a nine. Okay what's a nine look like to you, right? What's a nine body out of 10 look like to you, Jared? And then you can define that, you can explain that, bounce it off me, just asking the questions, and then I help you take the steps to get there. So it's that process of not going into the past, not digging up what someone said to you when you were younger, not digging up the suicidal thoughts, right? Like the stuff that, that would be more therapy related, whereas coaching is, look, I'm stuck in a job I hate, but I have no idea like what to do or like, I- I'm too nervous to quit. I've got this going on. I want to do that. Right. And it's like, you just don't know what to do. So I help people figure out what to do and how to do it. I love that. Cause my next question was, what's the biggest difference between a therapist and a life coach? And I think just like that thing, that, the, the thing that you mentioned, right? Like digging up the past, like therapists do it and they do a well, like they do a good job. Obviously therapy is important, but, yeah. but I think like, diving into the past, constantly talking about the past and not, I mean, like, yeah, there is definitely a portion where you're like, well, how are we going to fix this and turn it into the future? But you don't have, like, it seems like with life coaching, you're not like trying to get back into the archives and figuring out like, where did I go wrong? Or like, what's wrong with my life because of the past? Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Because let's think about it this way. And this isn't to knock a therapist or to, right. it's wrong, right? It's like, do it if you, if it's what you need. But Something that's a proven fact is that if you place your thoughts, right, you start thinking about the past, you start replaying events in the past, you start living in the past, in the present. Yeah, definitely. Like on on my podcast, and to to mention his name again, Mike Diamond, right? It's like, you were talking about it and he's saying, he's like, dude, imagine if like, like what's your, like, what movie do you hate, right? It's like, I listed off the movie. Oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, would you be willing to watch that every day? And I'm like, no, I hate that movie. And he's like, <laughs> hell, do you do that with bad thoughts then? And it's like, right, or bad experiences. It's like, why would you replay the same thing in your head when it's not doing you any good? Aside yeah. from getting you angry or upset or sad or depressed, whatever it right. is. Right, right. So, and again, not to knock therapy, but if you start diving into the past and all you do is, and you, and you call yourself like nostalgic or you call yourself like, no, I just like to talk about the, the fun times or the bad, the bad times or whatever it is, right? It's like, you're doing it, nobody, no good at all, mm-hmm. okay? It's like, you gotta be thinking about the future, be present, like, right? It's like, don't, don't get so caught up in your future that you don't know who you're with, talking with, or what you're doing. <laughs> in your life, like, you have a choice, right? It's like, you can choose to think the thoughts you think. And to tell yourself that you can't, that's a choice in itself, Right. right. And so it's like, people have the option. And, and when people come up with the excuse or say, it's like, I, I you know, it's like, it's, it's so difficult, or I can't think about, or I don't know what to, t- to do in the future. Then get yeah. a life. 
right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> a life coach or, or listen to podcasts or research or read the books. Start doing the work then to figure out what you want and how to get there. If you can't afford the coach or the consultant, but don't waste your time thinking about or talking about the past. It's good to reminisce, but it's not good to live in that. Absolutely. I love that. Um, one question I do have for you is, so when you're working with these clients, in some cases, you know, you'd never met them prior. You have no you know, prior knowledge of them. You maybe never even met them. How do you start to build up that trust in that, like, you like they they're coming to you with anything now or they're coming with you with a plan for their future how do you start to build that trust as their life coach be more interested than interesting and what i mean by that is just asking questions with anything be the one who's curious about them and so when you do that when someone asks you about your day or what you're up to or what you've been accomplishing it feels good right like it's yeah, exactly someone asks you questions, right? It's like being a guest on a podcast. I'm usually the host. And so it's like being a guest, it's nice. Like it, just to be honest, right? It's like, it's nice to have people ask about you. And mm-hmm. so in the, the context of coaching, that's how you build trust. And that's how you can build rapport in a relationship is just being interested in them. Not trying to be this guy with the answers, not trying to earn a girl with the answers, but not trying to be some person who just knows it all. Because yeah. it's, it's, you're called it, if you're called a know-it-all, it's a, con, it's a negative connotation, right? Right, right, right. So, so as a coach, I need to not be a know-it-all. I want to know it all about them. That's the difference. That's so true. Like, especially like in, in my job in sales and, and having conversations with people, like people ask questions all the time. And like, I always want to give them an answer. Like, obviously, especially when it's a 30-minute call with a client or whatever, you're like, I, I got to give this person an answer. But to pause and be like, if you don't know the answer – just be honest, be upfront and say, Hey, like, I don't know, but let me go figure out the answer to your question. And yes. to be having that ability to just be like, Hey, like, I don't know the answer and not be a know-it-all and come up with some BS answer. Like, it's really important to just pause and just say, Hey, let me go figure that out for you. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that can happen with clients, right? It's like, they'll ask me at times, like, what do you think I should do? Or what would you say is the best thing to do here? And of course I have my, I could give them my own response. And with some clients, like we have a different relationship where it's like, it's, it's a little bit like we have more conversation. And it's like, this is what I think could help you. Right. But at the time it's like, it's all subjective, right? It's like, what could be best for me isn't best for you. It's like, if your goal is you want to lose five pounds for me, I can run three to four miles in a day. No problem. Or someone else that's like a nightmare. Right? <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's, it's me having to flip it back on them and say, well, what do you think might be the best choice for you? Right. And then all of a sudden it, it puts it back in that state where it's like, well, let me think about it because we're not, we're not sitting looking in a mirror or writing it out all the time, asking ourselves questions. Right. It's like, that doesn't happen. And so just being the soundboard to just ask questions not in an annoying, like, interview-style way. Not, it, that, <laughs> I, I, mean, like, I, mean, I mean, like, a reporter-style, right? Where I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have a podcast, so I don't... I'm literally like, sitting here like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> most annoying thing. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, so, but you know what I mean, right? It's, where it's yeah. like, you're just, like, always asking just some question, what, like, as if it's, like, there's some alter- alternative uh, motive right there. Mm. It's just being curious about them and what they... what might be best for them instead of what's best for me. 
Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So do you typically see a specific age range for your clients? And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking this question, but I was, I was interested. Is there like a specific like 25 to, you know, or 20 to 25 year olds or high schoolers? Or like, do you see a typical age range usually? Um, so with, so with paying clients, mm-hmm. it the, it's been a little bit of a mix early on when I was just trying to just like, get whoever just get experience it was like working with older people um a few people in like their 40s some in their 30s a couple in their 20s but more recently it's been just the early 20 year olds um Mm -hmm. helping people with those next steps figuring out what to do um like after school and then like in their 20s and a little bit beyond that um so i'd say in terms of like paying clients i work with more recently it's the younger 20 year olds actually yeah um but yeah i'd say that's about it yeah, because the reason why I ask is because you have you talk a lot about uh, obviously like goal setting and decision making, and I think we live in a world today. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but like we live in a world, we live in a world today uh, where you know like like everything is happening, something is happening every second, and we have to make decisions super quick. And sometimes those are the wrong decisions. I mean, like obviously, right right now with the news and COVID nineteen, it's keeping us on our toes. Right. But even more so, like things are happening. People are doing things. So you, you have to jump into it. Kylie Jenner has a new lip kit. You have to get it. Or, you know, Gary V says this, you have to go and do it. Like how does this younger generation take a minute to, to get off that social media and figure out like, okay, not everything that everybody's doing is going to be the correct way for me. And it's not the right decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so to, to give a little context for that, it's like when you said Gary Vee. So I've been following Gary Vee for uh, it's 2020, so about four years now. It's like 2016. Uh, and when I started reading his book and diving into his content, he would even say, he's like, I'm not telling you to do exactly what I do, but this works for me and this and that. And I was right. trying to become this like content, 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 like everything. Right. And wasn't it right and so it was recognizing that I was getting so strung up and stressed out over like trying to get content made or trying to document a certain way or trying to do things and I was getting so stressed out and I was like this just isn't it and I had to take a I had to remove the ego right and I'll, I'm gonna dive into that a little bit because that's that's I get passionate about it and so it's like removing the ego and being open and being willing to recognize that it's like, if I look a certain way or if people think a certain thought about me or say something about me, it doesn't matter because I'm just following my intention, right? It's like my intention is to not be stressed out when I'm creating content and helping people versus stressed out trying to create content that helps people. So if I'm stressed out and tripping up trying to just put videos out, it's not quality, Sure, it's quantity, but it's really not quality. And it's just a stressful amount. And so for anybody who is moving in a direction or they, it doesn't feel right, or it's like they got to pivot, be open to pivoting. Like if you take a step back, that's okay. There's no setbacks. It's only setups. And so you're just going to help yourself get set up for that next step in your life. Like I I could have kept trying to do this content or the, uh, the, like the photo stuff with the music and trying to pursue that. But I recognized, I was like, I'm, I'm not enjoying it to what it should be. Like, even if I'm not being paid, like, I'm not really getting paid much and I'm still not enjoying it. Like, right. I should be able to not get paid and still love what I'm doing. 
That's exactly what life coaching was. That's what my social media business was. I was just doing stuff for free. And then over time, people asked me how much I charge. And then that's, <laughs> so I was already doing it because I was like, this is what I enjoy to do. Whether right. it's not. The ego would say you need to get paid because if you're not paid, you, you look a certain way or you're not meeting standards or, you're, or it's creating anxiety or fears or doubts about yourself. And leaning into the ego would only catalyze that stress and catalyze all the other negative connotations. Whereas removing that ego and just being like, yo, no matter what I look like, no matter how I sound, I'm going to just do this now. I'm going to put out content about myself. I'm going to put myself out there on the line, be open, be a little more vulnerable, but try to help other people out and not try to be some Gary Vee content, 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 one after another, put out the quality for what people need. So yeah, stress. Yeah, I, it's funny, like I bring up Gary Vee again, I, I brought it up in another episode and I, I want to be clear, like I think he's great. Like I think what he does, he's very inspirational, but like at times, right? Like this, these type of higher, these bigger content creators have such an impact on the consumer. And it's like, it's almost like um, hypnotizing. Yes. Right, because they want to they want to follow their favorite influencers. They want to do exactly what they're doing, and I think he's doing a great job. But I think at times it can be like, not everyone's going to be the next person lined up to buy the New York Jets, you know? So or create the next Vayner Media or whatever. So I think just to be to pause and be like, what's going to work for you, right? And, and to your point, like do what you love to a point where if you're not getting paid and you still love doing it, it's it's probably it's probably a good start. And then obviously build that up from there and start and start making a living off of it. But exactly. Um, so you talked about it a little bit earlier. You have a podcast called the coach's log and I want to tell all my listeners here that they should definitely go check out Taylor's show, but similar to this show, right? You have a very eclectic group of guests. So what goes into finding a a guest for your show? To, to be honest, uh, for me, it's just hitting them up. Yeah. Literally hitting them up. Um, just being open to DM them. That's how I've gotten gotten internships. It's how I've gotten paid opportunities. It's just DM somebody. Like, back to the ego. If I don't, if the ego would say, no, don't DM them because you might look like some weirdo who's just messaging them trying to get them on your podcast. Exactly. Because then you're punishing how you look. Whereas it's like, no, fuck the ego. I'm going to DM this dude. I literally, dude, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, being open and just being vulnerable in yourself and just putting yourself out there, people respond to that. That's how I got my dream internship with David Meltzer. He's like one of Gary Vee's like prominent like mentees in regards to content that David mm-hmm. own right is very prominent for his, the millions of dollars he's made and lost and made back again. But I literally DM'd this dude, like got in contact with him, then happened to by coincidence or God's blessing happened to meet this dude at the gym at five thirty in the morning because I started following his podcast. And so it, no way. DMing him. I DM'd him, got into, got into that, that world a little bit, mm. met him at the gym. All of a sudden he invites me to his office. I go to the office and I'm sitting there in a meeting, just observing, just, he, he was like, yeah, you can shadow me for like a little bit if you want, whatever you want to do. I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah. But what I did next was I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to ask this dude for an internship. I'm just like, I, first I, bench press. And then- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just can I hit the chest a little yeah, bit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, I'm sitting there and, and like they're just kind of doing like a little like keynote type thing. And I'm like, I'm gonna ask this guy to be or to, to have an internship. He he's leaving. I'm like, yo, Dave, I'm like, can I get like like less than five minutes of your time? He's like, Yeah, sure. I go up. I told him, I'm like, hey, I want to help you out. I want to provide value. 
what can I do? Can I have an internship? Like, what's the best, like, how can I just help you out the best way possible? And then he's like, yeah, let's do an internship. And so to, to tie that back into the question, it's that opportunities will always come from being willing to ask. Again, being more interested than interesting. And I got that from David during my internship there. Yeah. No, that you bring up such a good point because a lot of people have asked me, right? Like when I just started this podcast, like how do you reach out to guests or how do you find the next guest? And it's like, I honestly, like it's, it's taking down that like ego of like, oh, I have to DM a blue check mark and, or like, or are they going to think I'm weird? Like, no, they're not going to think you're weird. You're just the, the next guy who has 2000 followers that has this little podcast. I'm talking about myself here that yeah. like, you know, like it's, it is what it is. They know it's a business. And like, if anything, it's free press for them. So like, why not? Right. So just taking that chance and taking that leap, I think like, that's how you, that's how you do it. I mean, <laughs> there's no real like special formula. Straight up. And like, if somebody, if somebody tells you or like it's happened to me, someone's like, Oh, I don't have the time or it's like, I'm not, it's like, I'm too busy. They're bullshitting you. So don't like be relentless in that. Like, right. It's like for podcasting or for anything, anything you ask for, if someone says no, just ask again. All right. It's like yeah. just asking. It's like, you're just one no away from a yes every time. And yes. so it's like, that's, that's the biggest thing is that like, don't, don't buy into what someone else tells you. Just keep being resistant, remove the ego don't be doing it to fill your ego, but do it as a means to provide value to other people. Yeah. You definitely grew up in a sales household to say you're one, no closer to a yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have like a most memorable interview yet? Or like one that like you finished it, you hit, you hit stop recording and you're like, Whoa, that's, that's Dude, a good one. The one, like literally an hour before we run this, I was interviewing somebody else. Um, that one's got me like, fired up again um but since that's not out yet it will, it will be out by the time this comes out but that's yes. with andrew, andrew walsh actually so with andrew walsh that one he just he and i met actually when i was working uh coldwell banker he would pop in every now and then as like a title rep and we would just connect on like a really deep level somehow like just immediately mm -hmm. so you know fast forward two years later he's on my podcast and it's like just the energy that he provided, the insights that he provided about his mindset, what he does to practice his mindset, get into that zone and be able, like he, was, he paid off $56,000 in six months. He was able to buy a dream car right after that. He bought a home. He's like with his wife, right? It's like, so it's not just him. And so it's like he, and he's, I believe like 28, 29. Wow. And so, yeah. So he, that was a really powerful one. That, um, and then, Another one with Mike Diamond. Mike Diamond. Yeah. Here. I mean, I've talked about him just the third time. So <laughs> he and I, like, we do weekly podcasts live on Facebook. And on it. we're working on LinkedIn. By the time this is out, we should be on LinkedIn. I would hope that they approve us four months from now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it's like, you know, it's one of those things to where he's just all about mindset. This guy, like, ran 30 half marathons in 30 days while battling ulcerative colitis. So, like, essentially like just consistent bowel issues and stomach intestinal issues like this wow. guy's like next level so andrew walsh and mike diamond those two for sure but so so do you have a dream guest for the podcast i asked this um in my first episode with kinsey grant she she has a very very popular podcast on business casual do you have like who's who's at the top of your whiteboard right now uh gary v for sure yeah. he's the entire reason i even had an inkling just a seed of a thought to dive into any of like my really entrepreneurial stuff in college. 
So he he's like the reason, like I'm not gonna put him on like this huge pedestal, but realistically, had I not come across his video on Facebook, like right before I started my internship, like summer of 2016, I would have never, ever, potentially, gone down this rabbit hole and trusted myself enough and leaned into myself enough to become an entrepreneur and start my own business. Yeah. You know, it's like not to say every business isn't, businesses go out, right? Like businesses fail. So I'm aware that mine might have failures or I might have some setups, not setbacks. And so it's like, that's possible. And so someone like Gary Vee, I'm like, dude, that, that guy would just like be the epitome of like everything I've been like striving for my entire life. Like I, I visualize, I visualize and I tell myself, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to work with Gary Vee someday, like not for him, with him. And it's like, that's that's the kind of stuff that I just put out there and just continue to trust. I love that. Um, So I know, I know we're running out of time here. So I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, I read on your website that you give uh, 15% of every package purchase to the Huntsman Cancer Institute. And their mission is to understand cancer from its beginning, to use that knowledge in, in the creation and improvement of cancer treatments and to relieve the suffering of cancer patients and to provide education about cancer risk prevention and care. I want to give you the floor and talk to the guests or talk to the listeners about why you chose that foundation and what it means to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so my fraternity um, in college, we were associated, our partner philanthropy was Huntsman, is Huntsman Cancer Institute. So Sigma Chi's uh, affiliate. Um, but that wasn't really what like was the tipping point for why I wanted to attach myself to them. It was that one, one of our fraternity brothers did pass away from cancer. So there was that aspect, like someone personal, but my mom uh, had a early stages. They caught it early stages, but they caught it on her. And we were like, Whoa, like what? Like out of nowhere. Like that was one of those things where you like anything that could happen, a death, cancer it's out of nowhere you're like what the yeah. fuck like what, yeah. what's this so for me it's like i know ev- everybody has been affected by cancer in some sure. shape or form for sure and so for me i'm like i'm just lack of better terms i'm fucking tired of it you know it's like I'm amen. Just, amen i'm fucking tired of seeing this thing like how how like can we stop focusing on like the stupid scientific shit like that's like that's just like some like buzzfeed news and like start actually putting that energy into like like dissecting a strawberry like that was cool but like that was, <laughs> like that you know like what like no yes. how many people did they put on that job that could have been researching cancer or yes for that right it's like you know i don't know like i only saw the video but that's just an example right it's like there's so many other things that like people are putting their time and energy into rather than looking at these things that are like killing people there's a lot of movements happening right now for that, right? And so but let's let's take some of that energy and focus and put that onto the diseases uh, like as well. It's COVID's up there now. The cancer, what about, that's been around for too long, way too, way long. too long. I have um, so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like, I could, yeah, it's like you go on and on about that. It's like, what's up with that? Come on. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that's an incredible thing that you're doing. And I, I applaud you for that. And I, I absolutely love that. Um, but really quickly, uh, we talked a little bit about this. You got this new venture coming up called Coached Up. So I, I'm, I'll give you the floor again here. Tell us a little bit about what Coached Up is about and what your mission is for this. Yeah. So right now, Coached Up is, it's 
my business of one branch being the life coaching, the other branch being the social media side of it. So it, it kind of blossomed. Like my, my long-term vision when I started the life coaching stuff was I was going to work with, I was going to have a team of life coaches and we were going to be like this life coach team. Like I never seen that. I had never come across it. I'm like, that'd be pretty interesting. Like this life coaching team, like a real estate team. Yeah. Right. And so that was kind of like in the forefront of my mind the last two years of just like, not like I'm not doing every day to work toward like creating this team, but I knew what I was doing would lead to that. Like, because again, you put yourself in the future state, every step is a little more geared towards that. Mm -hmm. So what it's turned into is over time, it's to be life coaching social media, but then it's also, we've got fitness coaches, right? A couple of select fitness coaches that you can get coached up from. We have a couple of real estate coaches, right? It's like, if you're looking to, to get coached up from a realtor or, or a real estate coach, then you could use someone from my team. But that, that's like the long-term goal of having this one-stop shop, not like flooded, like, uh, like an Airbnb where it's like, you have all these options. Yeah. You, right. Like you just have a couple of select coaches if you want to work with them, great. If not, then you can go to Tom Ferry, another real estate coach or whatever it might be. Right. It's like, so I really want to be that outlet in that source where people can come to my site, to my content, feel inspired, motivated, and educated to do something with their life and with their potential and utilize us coaches, the multiple coaches on the platform to their advantage. But that's like my, that's my long term. So right now though, it's the focus on helping people develop their social media for their business. So that way I can help them make a direct impact on their business or as life coach, as a life coach, help someone make a direct impact on their personal life. I absolutely love that. I, where can people check that out? So right now my, my website is just taylorlipman.com. Um, but I, by the time this comes out, it, it may have changed. Um, <laughs> so, but Taylor Lipman, if you type that up, my stuff will show up. So I've been working on the SEO game. Um, so yes, <laughs> it could come up um, if you type my name in and over time developing by time this is released, the coached up brand and everything will be much more developed. Um, and so just be on the lookout for Taylor Littman and, you know, coached up and all that. Cause that's, that's my next game. That's the grind right now. I'm just hustling and getting as many people as I can coached up, whether that be through virtual coaching, being on a stage, helping people feel inspired and impacted and motivated to do things with their life or to have team members help them along the way. However, I can do that in those mediums. That's what I want to be able to do to help other people out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Taylor, this has been an absolute blast and I, it's so great to reconnect with you and have these, this conversation. And I'm so thankful that you came on. I do have one last question for you. We ask it for all of our guests. Uh, so throughout your body of work and even, you know, you are young and you still have many years ahead of you, but if you were to write your autobiography right now to tell your story, what would be the title of it and why? Um, I would say that's a really good question. Um, Hmm. I feel like I would, uh, I may change this, but it would be <laughs> quit your job and follow your intention, right? It's like that, that's what I did. I quit the, I'm not telling every, you know, it's like, quit, if you don't want to quit the job, don't quit it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but for me, I was like, there's something on the other side of this job I've got. Like, there's something on the other side. I don't know what the hell it is, but there is something pulling me. And like, I could, I could bring in people who can attest that I was saying those words to them before I quit my job. 
Like I was saying that out loud. I'm like, there's something on the other side. I have no idea what this is, but I know that what I want is not here. Right. Once I quit that job, I had a month, month and a half of no income. I had my savings. I was smart and saved before I quit. Um, But I was just bleeding that out. I didn't have an income. I had my parents, luckily, like I could live here. But that all of a sudden, everything started happening for me. That's when I happened to then meet David at the gym. That's when all of a sudden I had the liberty and the freedom to go to his office, sit in in a meeting, and then ask for an internship. Next thing I know, I'm interning. Next thing I know, I'm meeting Mike Diamond there. Next thing I know, I'm meeting my current business partner in that internship. All the, like all these things are happening right after I quit the job. It took a little bit of time, but it happened after I quit the job. And so it's because I quit the job and followed my intention, which was to be a business owner, be a coach, and make a direct impact on people's lives. Whether the ego told me I could or couldn't, I knew that's what my intention was. That's awesome. So whether or not that's going to be the title, you better get started on writing that. Yeah, exactly. That'll be an awesome book. I appreciate it. Well, Taylor, again, this has been an absolute blast. If you haven't started following the coach's log now, you definitely should be and go follow Taylor on Instagram and check out his website, taylorlitman.com. Taylor, thank you so much, dude. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate the time and the great questions. It's been a pleasure. All right. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. So huge thanks to Taylor Lipman for coming on this week's show and sharing more about his career and his life story. Uh, you know, before our conversation, I didn't really know much at all about life coaching, but I think it is such an incredible tool, one that I think more and more people should use and definitely uh, start utilizing our buddy Taylor. He's doing incredible things. Be sure to throw him a follow on Instagram and go check out his, po- his podcast, The Coach's Log, links to all things Taylor will be in the description of this week's podcast. I thought there were some really great tidbits that Taylor shared around this week's episode that I hope you can take away from and use in your everyday life. So again, big thanks to Taylor. And that does it for this week's episode. As always, I'm so thankful, especially during this time of giving thanks to the listeners. You guys are absolutely incredible. Without you, this podcast would not even be possible. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at normalguylazyeye. We're so close to 400 followers, but I don't want to be too greedy because I know the last person that got greedy about her followers, it didn't bode so well. But big shout out to Charlie D'Amelio. Uh, anyways, that does it. I hope you all have a fun, happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Go enjoy that turkey. Go enjoy that stuffing, gluten-free, of course. And I will see you all next week.